The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rodicat. You can find me at, at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. And the sound effects you've heard come from the host with the most sound effects, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings. Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have the same Kang as uh, we originally started off with, if uh, certain reports are, are the case. But we'll get into that at some other time and or place. Uh, you can find this here podcast on oh, the Coastal Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find the, this here podcast on your podcast proposal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like and subscribe and to uh, give us all the five star positive reviews. It really does matter on Apple Podcasts. And everywhere, but especially there. Yes. Uh, normally, you'd find us recording every Thursday night, nine thirty-ish PM Eastern Standard Time, on the Twitch channel, the, the Twitch channel, uh, Twitch.tv slash Combo Chronicles, and the YouTube channel, you, um, YouTube.com slash The Click Nation. Again, please click like, subscribe, hit the follow button to make sure that we are on that that you follow us and uh, you know that when you know you know when we are online. That is the notification bell. And apparently, it is Max Eve, which I totally forgot. Is they're still going with that, huh? Um. Yeah. So, anywho's folks, um, we are going to drive into our first segment kind of briskly and maybe a little furious actually i don't yeah yeah i mean (laughs) you know it's been an interesting few days right so we went on movie protocol last week for the express reason of going to see the latest installment of the Fast and Furious franchise proper, not spinoff, but proper Fast X, a.k.a. Fast 10. And guess well, what? You have spinoff coming out of it. Yes. And guess what, folks? Uh, you know what we might have done? He chose poorly. <laughs> I mean, we might have here. 
We might have listen. Listen, wait, hold on, hold on. Well, hold on. Let me let me preface everything that we're about to say. It has been a full weekend since we recorded since we saw saw this movie. This is a little bit longer, just a little bit longer than what we normally would do if we were talking about this movie uh right after uh having gone gone to see it. So it has been a few days. We will probably speak in very, very, very light spoiler light uh uh descriptions of this movie but uh just i'm going to ring the spoiler bell just in case you don't want to hear a thing about fast x so here we go spoilers incoming in three two one so all right i'm going to agent i'm gonna let agent 70 kind of get his uh shots in but first let me go ahead and get mine out of the way because i know he has a good bit to say uh and and then i will i will chime in at, at points um, first of all, we gotta, we gotta do the prerequisite. How packed was your, uh, uh, theater? Or for, for an opening, for an opening night, uh, it was a later showing. It was an 8.30 showing, so it ended up, you know, starting almost at 9. We had not a, a full theater, but we had a pretty good audience. You know, I would say mm-hmm. between 75 and 80% full. Um, well, I went at two o'clock in the afternoon, so there was a actual handful of people right. uh, there. And this was the one of the parts that I was going to tell you when we got on here, at least four people left. Yikes! Now, that being said, I don't know, so the, I don't know if they left because of, of the quality of the movie, uh, which is it's kind of funny because there, there, there was a couple that was sitting like uh, a couple of seats around me who I swear was at this, uh, uh, Ant-Man and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp viewing uh, right. uh, that I went to. I was like, this has got to be the same people. This can't be a coincidence the same row. Either way, they left kind of partway through. And there was some younger kids that kind of a uh, couple of younger kids who. So I don't know if they were like movie hopping or whatever the case. So I don't know in, in either case happened to be because of the quality of the movie. But that did happen. Right. So which means there, there was probably upwards of seven people, maybe seven or eight people. They ended up probably being about four or five. And when the credits came up, most of the people left. I think I was, you know, the only one who stayed there long enough to, to see if there was an after credit scene. Which so, there was. Well, it was a mid credit scene, not an after credit. I mean, like gotcha, after- gotcha, 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 gotcha. So that being said, Oh, real quick. Um, I said on Twitter, if you if you did not believe the Fast franchise was basically a live action adaptation of a video game anime, this one will probably can will, will probably cement that. However, this movie ended up being if one part walk down memory lane greatest hits. Slash, um, we're gonna do some of the same ridiculous shit, but maybe try to make it over the top, but don't really stick that landing all that well. Uh, somebody clearly played some Rocket League for, for you video game players out there because there, you know, there is that, and that's not necessarily a spoiler because uh, part of it was in the um, trailer, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Even if it was, at this point, I don't care that much. <laughs> right. 
That being said, I don't. I did. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way because, like I said, I'm going to give this to give it to Agent Seventy so he can say what uh, get his get his his off his chest. But um, it the movie was ridiculous. Some <laughs> part in the way you expect, uh, in in other parts the way it you wish it wasn't, uh, or they had grown past, I guess, mm-hmm. but apparently not. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I, as the Agent 78 has also have seen, there's been a lot of positive, uh, you know, a, a lot of positive um, feedback. Yeah, reviews. feedback, use whatever to, uh, about it from people. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm glad because as I told him, people like ridiculous shit and I get that and I respect that. Uh, but, and this is, but that being said, this is where I'm going to let uh, Agent 78 uh, get into his. Take it away, sir. <sighs> so. All right. <laughs> I've got it cocked and loaded. Which brings up something else, but I can talk about that later. Right, all right. So check this out, y'all. I am so, so, so disappointed in the Fast franchise right now. It was, I was actively suffering through this movie. It was actually frustrating to me to watch this movie. And I went with five other friends, right? And the six of us walked out of this movie almost, like, basically unanimous that this was the worst fast movie of all, right? Every other movie prior to this has you know, obvious, you know, flaws, but you don't walk out of them saying, oh my God, what the hell did we just watch? That's what happened with this movie. And it's obviously part of the conceit here. What we did not say, and this is a mild spoiler, is that this is clearly part one of two, maybe even three movies. Right? I really hope... This is just no, part one of two movies. Yeah, I think it was just two, I thought. Right. I think they had, it, yeah, I think they had cut that last one, I thought. Right. That's what I thought also, but basically what my friends were telling me and what we saw online is that there's still hints that there might be a third, right? So, and it all probably depends on the box office. But ultimately, that is probably one of the big reasons why this fell flat to me because there are so many cliffhangers at the end of this episode uh, episode it's it's what it is it's an episode of movie th- uh, you know it's an episode of movie uh mm-hmm. this particular movie leaves off on several cliffhangers leaves several dangling plot lines hanging for resolution in the next movie or movies and that was just so dissatisfying to me like we don't even get to a point Right? Where it feels satisfying to leave off of so that we can carry on into the next movie. I think that one of the things that, you know, I I couldn't put my, my, my finger on exactly what would have been different if Justin Lin had stayed on, but I feel like there would have been more energy from the entire cast and the story if Justin Lin had been able to stay on as director. Right. Obviously, he still gets writing credit, 
for chunks of this movie. So that means there are elements of this movie that he probably wrote and had a hand in in putting together. So he does get credit there and he is still producing it. But, you know, he left the direction of this movie uh, over creative differences with Vin Diesel. And I really thought that showed. I really did. Um, there is, it's hard to put into words, you know, what we, what I was feeling and what we felt as a, as a friend group watching this movie, because, you know, all of the criticisms that I had were multiplied tenfold sometimes by, by, uh, by this group, because I came out being frustrated. They were all frustrated. I came out thinking it was just a little too ridiculous and even they thought that. But so many people seem to have the same idea because, you know, they're they're having trouble figuring out how to top themselves. You know, because where do you go? Where do you go after you go to space? You know, spoilers for Fast 9, right? Fate, uh, yeah, Fast 9. Not Fate of the Furious. was Fast 9. So, you know, it's... It's it's interesting to think of it in those terms, in that, you know, you know in that, you know, in, you know, in relatively speaking, how to compare, uh, you know, going over the top and going to the extreme and trying to figure out what the extreme is now in the Fast and Furious movie, in any Fast and Furious movie. You know, it used to be extreme to, you know, add a whole bunch of NOS. That's no longer extreme. That's just de rigueur, right? That's normal. So, you know, it's, you know, I don't want to beat, you know, beat, you know, beat the point to death, but it was just not hitting. It fell so flat. The humor fell flat. Uh, Tyrese's humor fell flat. Luda's humor fell flat. The best line, the best line I, I got, you know, the, the, the most fun I had during the movie was something to do with Han and his dating life. right at the beginning i laughed at that i was like oh okay you know i laughed at that that might have been the only time i laughed in the whole movie you know all of a sudden he starts getting likes and dings and i was just like ha ha that hits a little too close to home you know and and then it gets called back later with another character (laughs) exactly 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 you know what i'm saying so it's it's interesting that you know i uh uh, you know that the, I didn't find myself laughing at much of anything during this movie, and you know the the the, the bits that they tried to to inject the the bits of humor they tried to inject just did not hit at all at all. I don't know if it was bad timing, bad delivery, or bad writing, or a mix of all three. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know yeah. if you know, like I. You know, I, I forget what Let, uh, Louis Leterrier is the director on this, and I don't know if maybe he was lacking on you know getting them to you know really yuck it up a little bit for some of those scenes. Mm-hmm. So I wonder when he came in on it, also because I know some of the stuff had already been kind of you know once once Lynn and, and Mindy's are kind of had their falling out, some of that stuff was kind of at least already in the works, not already shot. So I don't know. I'm not saying you know. Taking the taking the blame off of how they handled it, but like I'm kind of wondering where this person came in to be like, well, I got to do something with all of this, so I don't, I, you know, just kind of let it just get out there. Yeah, so. yeah. So you know, 
I don't like I said. I, I don't want to keep you know like uh, going in and hitting them with low blows. I will say though that you know I do think this is the worst of all the fast movies, even worse than Too Fast, Too Furious, worse than <laughs> Tokyo Drift, definitely worse than Fast and Furious. Um, you know, Fate of the Furious and and Fast Nine were tough. Some parts of them were tough watches, you know. Um, but you know, this was this was a tough watch overall, man. Just all together, it was it was tough, very tough. Mm. So let me just say a couple of things here and there. Especially, go, especially let's go backwards because uh, you mentioned Fast Nine. There was a part in Fast Ten, Fast X that I thought we were going to get some sort of payoff from the end of Fast 9. And we kind of didn't. And we didn't get it in a way that, that we probably should have. What's that? Uh, Justice for Han. Mm. We may get more. That's the thing, I, because I feel like that was left unfinished. Well, but but given how... If I remember... See, I, I meant to go back and watch Fast 9, because I could have sworn there was an end credit scene in Fast 9. Yeah. That kind of set up the part that that happens in this movie. Yep. But when they, when that part of the movie came up, I'm like, this is how they're going to handle that, really? I'm like, come on. And, but the, my, and going to the point, like if they were going to do it, they should do it right there instead of waiting to whatever next movie or two. Like, yeah, I can see. It doesn't sound like. Oh, first of all, shout out to Benji Games too, who's uh who who's in the chat as always. Good, good to see you. What's up, Benji Games? Uh, uh, he said he saw the, he saw uh, Ant Man three last night and, and Guardians of the Galaxy three on Saturday and both were good to him. Oh, okay, so, like, yeah, that's right because uh, Ant Man um, Ant Man and Quantumania is on um, Disney Plus now. So yeah, uh, we talked about yeah we talked about Guardians last week before last yeah right. So, but you were here for that. And but he basically says uh, doesn't sound like Agent Seventy enjoyed the movie. Oh <laughs> no, but you are he also. A laughing emoji emoji behind it also. Oh, okay, but, sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when look when uh, when when Agent Seventy mentioned it a couple of days ago, I was like, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing, but also I was also laughing too because like I get where he was kind of coming from from what does from some of the stuff he was uh, talking about. Of which I will, uh, a couple of things I will go in since he mentioned a couple of things. So. The laughter, yeah, I, I chuckled at a couple of things, but I chuckled at a couple of things that wasn't really, I don't think, well, I chuckled and groaned at a couple of things because there was one part of the movie where a character who, for all intents and purposes, pretty much should not have said this line, said something that pretty much encapsulate any side character that has that has been on the crew since too fast, I guess, because the the, fra- the fast franchise has had a bunch of people who start out one way and then end up knowing things just uh, just out of the blue, right? And I was like, okay, how in the world does this happen? How in the world does this happen? And then there was a there was a uh, um, there was a conversation in in Fast X where a couple of couple of the characters were talking, and I'm just going to spoil this real quick. Uh, and the one character, I'm not going to say who it is, basically says. Oh, I know things now. Right. And I'm seeing him like, well, out of any of the characters that have come through, like, I would expect you to know things because you're pretty much one of the you're pretty much one of the smartest ones here, first of all. But the reason why I groaned about it was like, wait, first of all, this character said that. And I was like, I can think of two or three other characters that could have and probably should have said that. But also it had been like it felt like 
they said that and I was almost visible wink and nod to the camera as if it was like, eh, eh, eh. Like, we get it. Which kind of had me groaning. Yeah. But I also chuckled at it. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that being said, this movie doesn't do anything that the last few movies doesn't do. Uh, in fact, I feel like recent Twitter conversations kind of bear that out unintentionally. Um, because there was somebody was like somebody was looking for when the franchise got pretty much left reality, as they said in their words. And people were given, you know, this and that other for more recent movies. But I think this person was looking for a definite like, when did this go off the rails? Right. And I'm like, I gave a couple of recent examples also, but also said race wars because that was a whole crazy <laughs> thing. <laughs> that right there was a very much a departure for, a, a, you know, a departure from the reality. Like, y'all didn't think about that too too swiftly, did you? When y'all, right. when y'all thought about that. Right, right. The but, first movie, not so much, right? Well, no, I think that happened. Race Wars was like five when Let- after Letty came back. I think. No, but the term comes from the first movie. No, I thought yes, that's okay. a callback. Well, I know that, but I remember. I remember the term. The term. The term for their racing uh, okay. contest at the end of of the original Fast and Furious is called Race right. Wars. And even right. then, I was kind of like, "Ooh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's okay. two thousand one, you know?" Right. So if that's the case, then, then clearly this thing's been off the rails. <laughs> I remember the term, but I remember. Maybe I remember the callback to it from a later movie. Then that, right. that's the case. Right, right. So, so yeah. oh, I was gonna say, finish your point yeah. because I, I just thought of a couple, and then we'll then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said, I, there's yeah, like 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 I just said, don't want to beat it up too badly because I actually even with so this is kind of the thing. You go into these movies, or at least I go into these movies, turning off my expectations. You know, turning off it, and this is from a comic book fan. This is from a video game fan. Right, 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 right. You know, we have seen some ridiculous shit <laughs> in comic books, but Truth. we expect that in, in cases. But there's some some stuff where it's like this is too ridiculous. That's kind of how Fast X got in certain parts. Spots. Yep. Uh, for for me, right? Uh, and apparently for for eighteen seventy also. Right, right, right. Um, so, and I think my last point was that. Um, like even with that, I still enjoyed some of it. I still found some gro- groaning moments, especially with a certain cameo that pops up. Because I'm like, okay, now y'all just jumped all the way over the shark and back, and just like, all right, this, this is ridiculous. Right. But as far as the beats of the movie concerned, like we've pretty much seen mostly everything that happens, in, including the trips down memory lane that they took. Like, hey, remember this, remember this. But the only reason why that was fine in this particular movie was because they're closing out the series. I get it. <laughs> it still doesn't make it any better because a whole chunk of the movie, especially right. in the beginning, was due to was that. And and, and a couple of calls back plays on in the movie. So I was like, Yeah, okay, I get it. We're closing this out. You you're trying to you right. know, you're trying to make it about something, this and then the other, but at the same time, You've been doing that, and of course, family. Of course, of course, yeah, of always course. said. So you know, right? If you had a bingo card, you could be like blink, blink, blink. You could just you would have probably covered the whole card. If, yeah. If need. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. I don't know if we're talking about the same cameo appearance, but there was one groan-inducing cameo appearance by one celebrity. Yes, blonde-haired, not attractive. 
Mm-hmm. Right? We Not an unattractive blonde-haired person came on Punch screen, face. and I was like, oh. Punchable face. So, that's one thing. Second thing is, and maybe this is just to, you know, to, to pile on the DCEU, because as Eclectic once said, DC stays losing. It seemed to me that all of the DCEU characters who have roles <laughs> in the Fast franchise came back or are coming back and are mucking everything up because their DCEU roles no longer exist. And not only that, but we have one character that is was all the way through this movie playing off of another DC character a little too much. Like, went a little over the top with it. And not well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, all of these DCEU characters, I mean, with the exception of maybe Peacemaker, because Peacemaker was just silly. Like... There was a there was a uh, there was a, a one uh, music drop during this that just made me groan. Oh, he was channeling Peacemaker hard on that part, right? If it's the same drop I'm thinking about, yes. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, not the funky punch. <laughs> oh no, yo. Like, I get it. I get it. But no, right. Dude. Like, like, enough with the D. Part. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, all the DCEU characters, you know, all the DCEU actors who are in this franchise came back and made, and we are the lesser for it. We had a lesser movie for it. I, okay. I agree to a point, except for one. What, the Momoa character? No, no. Oh. The one that, the one at the end. Not at the very end, but right before the very end. Because there was something because I've been talking about a payoff for that oh, 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 you mean the reappearance? I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. And everyone's looking around like, what? Right. I almost that part I almost audibly say, Yes. And then and but there was and again there was nobody in the movie anyway, so I could just done <laughs> but I was like, Oh shit, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, but, th- it just simply has a theory about why, um, why. Well, I already stated my theory. I stated my theory just before, just a few minutes ago, because their roles don't exist anymore in the DCEU. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why they back. Yeah. <laughs> so, but although one of them was a known quantity already, because I'd been seeing, I had already been seeing articles about one of them being back. I had no idea about the about the uh, one of them being back because it was a surprise. It was literally a well, yeah, the mid credit scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, one of them was the other one that may have may or not have had some beef with one of the stars. Right. That one was was a known issue. Was was a known quantity. Right. Right. So, so you know, we'll see how sense. all of this pays off. You know, we'll see how it pays off. This uh, before we go, I can't believe we talked this long about this terrible movie. <laughs> So, so, so I think even the people who had valid, who, you know, who had positive things to say about the movie all complained, you know, also complained uh, along with the people who had very bad things to say about the movie. 
also complained about the cast being just too big and they're just servicing so many characters and even the cameo appearances that they make you know have some import because these characters are coming back from other movies and they're continuing storylines like Helen Mirren's character you know we see her and we see you know and and it's teased that there's going to be more to her storyline in the next movie and what? where the spinoff was going to happen but yeah I, I and but i thought but I, after that i thought that too like yeah so i guess they're going to take that up either next movie or they are, are going to spend off into another hobson's jaw type situation with oh, them God. two or something i hope not no i mean i i, I feel like that would have been something we might have heard about by this point right but, right, yeah, right. Um, if they do two movies they can definitely do it if they do the next movie they might throw that in there like you like to, we don't know right. which one is case. i hope the writer strike kills that anyway <laughs> I mean, either whatever movie's coming, well, I guess they, because I think they said they worked on this one and the next one kind of sort of together. Right. Or just part of the next one together, but because of Justin Lister's written and other stuff. So I don't know how much of the next one, whatever it might be, was done before that happened. But also, let's be honest with ourselves. Did this movie actually seem like it actually had writers in the first place? <laughs> well, I th- you know what it is? I. I think they I think it did, but I don't think they were able to come up with anything new. I think it was all about wrapping up the story by tying in all of uh by by creating something that wove together so many disparate pieces, like everything from Fast Five forward. Right? Mm-hmm. They weaved everything from Fast Five forward and they dove right into all of the the the, the nooks and crannies of Fast Five. That's the mind that they that that's the that's the story that they dug through and you know everything from the the owner of the the Porsche GT uh uh the blue one that they stole remember him the 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 racer who they steal from not steal from they beat you know because they basically the uh uh win his his blue Porsche GT a GT uh, is it a GTR GT2 for I forget the the model but you know what I'm talking about yeah 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 so, you know, he comes back and, you know, they 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 uh, they tie in a little bit more of uh, Fast Five, you know, spoiler alert here with some Elena related story, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and, this, was heavy, this was heavy Fast Five leanings. If you've seen any of the last and of course with Momoa, right, of course, with Momoa's right. character. Right. So. But, uh, oh, yeah, that whole that was another growing thing. It was like the whole tying to Elena thing. I was like, really? <laughs> Although, that's another DC character. By the way, DCU character. The actress? Yeah. What does she play? Suicide Squad. Ratcatcher. Oh! See, I told you! Any of these DCEU ca- uh, uh, actors portraying DCEU characters brought nothing to this movie! <laughs> oh my god so I saw her name I was like oh okay because I was like why did she look kind of familiar and not outside of who she's supposed to be related to in this, in this film but oh oh okay gotcha <laughs> right. I was so, about to yeah. say is there, wait, who here is a Marvel character it's just Vin right no just uh well no uh Brie Larson Oh, see, look, she actually brought a little bit to the movie because she was standing in for a character. She's standing in for somebody else. Okay, so I'm going to bring that up real quick. They didn't, so, yes, there were characters brought into this movie, and this is, this, and then we can kind of move on, but 
they brought in a couple of characters for whatever reason. She was one of them, but they really didn't do anything much with her. I'm hoping whatever the next movie or two movies that they're going to do more with her. Because it's like, what was the point of having her in here if you're just going to do whatever you just did with her? Because she kind of came in a couple of scenes, did whatever, talked to global people, and then got taken out of the scene. Got, you know, got taken out of, of the... Apparently the they could not get another uh, another uh, Marvel character, a Marvel uh, character actor, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I don't know. I I suspect because they they kind of made allusions to that character and coming back. Yeah, well, they made allusions to the character. I don't know about coming back, but I suspect that he probably will. Yeah, I think so too. Whatever the last one is, I think so so too. It looks like yeah, because there's no sense setting up with with her character and the other and and, uh, the the Clint Eastwood Spawn character. Right, 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 and. Like, there's no way in the world. And I'm hoping whatever that payoff is going to be something good because everything around this mysterious agency thing also was kind of like, where did these people even come from? Why? What is going on here? It's like, all we hear is the agency, the agency, the agency. Right. <laughs> but we know nothing about it. And I'm hoping there's not a spinoff. But regardless, that's a side nitpick from everything. Because, like I said, this whole thing is ridiculous. You try to turn your brain off to it, but there are certain things just like, no, I can't. This is no. This is just too ridiculous for me to turn my brain off to. Right. You know, and it's, it's, these are fun movies. It's, it's still a fun movie in spaces, but it's still even with that. Like I said, it it kind of suffers from the fact that, like, yeah, they've done a lot of this from like Agent Seventy Six. They're, they're trying to find a way to top the last ones and not really doing well at that. Um, and they're also trying to bring it home at the same time. So who's to say what the next movie or whatever the next two movies are going to be? I hope it's that too. I, um, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning was one of the trailers in, in my theater. Oh, okay. Wait, was it? No, I saw. It. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. Uh, I saw it like I think when I got home, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because it did drop that day. If, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and that's only I know that's going to be a two parter. And the only reason why I'm bringing that up is like I'm pretty sure that's probably going to end up slightly better than this is going to be. But at the same time, we don't know because that first movie, uh, that next movie is coming up next month or two months or something like that. So <laughs> I'm already as, as I told Agent Seventy when I uh, uh, after the day after I got out of the movie it was like, yeah, I already bought my tickets for the for the next thing. <laughs> so we're we're past this now. Yeah, like I know. I know people that have seen this movie twice at this point. I'm like, you know what? That's insane. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not going to... People like what they like. Like I said, people like ridiculous shit. People like it because it's fun. People like it probably because Jason Momoa hamming it up all to whatever the case may be. For whatever reason, it's like it. I can't besmirch Yeah, them. I was going to say, we didn't even really talk about Momoa that much. Um, I think we <clears> talked <throat> about him more pre-show. But I just, you know, like I found his... I found his performance annoying. I feel like other people thought it was just, you know, a, you know, uh, just fun. And I'm like, what do you what are you watching? So I I agree. It, well, first of all, it was fun at first. OK, but then or the went along. I was like, OK, he was trying to first. He was like, OK, he's going to be nice and menacing and a little bit playful at the time. But then one side took over more than the other side. I'm like. He had fun with this, clearly. Right. And I'm like, I'm happy for him having fun with this. But at the same time, he was, again, to, to pull back to the DC corner, he was channeling the Joker a little too much. And not yeah. even the right Joker. 
because even because even like eighty nine Batman knew how to turn it off. Right. If we're if we're going with ridiculous jokers, I would also go. I don't even want to say Heath. Not Heath Ledger the Joker because that's the, you know. Well, he was definitely better, trying. He, he was trying to do Heath Ledger's Joker. I think he was trying to do um, Jared Leto. Oh yeah, yeah. Which made it. I think he was trying to. I, well, I, we don't know what he was trying to do, but I think he was trying to take a little bit of Nicholson and, and a little bit of Leto, and maybe trying to channel Heath Ledger, but he didn't. Did, he didn't do it. And I like Jason Momoa. He's he, you know he's all right. But, and I, I, like I said, the whole time I was thinking, like, yeah, he's having fun with this. That's all that matters with this. But at the same time, like, yeah, maybe take take it down a little bit. Like, mm. A little bit more menace. Like, I know he, there was somebody, either them or him, was trying to say, no, I was like, no, nah, let's make him a little light. Because when you first get introduced to him, like, you was like, oh, this, this motherfucker's going to fuck some shit up. Yep. And he does. Right. But then when the, the playful parts start kind of coming a little bit more, I'm like, okay. Bring some of the more menace back in here. You can you can have a little bit of we have some fun, but just keep the menace going. Agreed. But it just kept getting more jokery and jokery, jokery as the movie came out. I was like, come on, man. Agreed. 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 I agree with that. All right. Yeah. All right. That being said, um, sure, it was an experience. Uh, I'll see it again when it comes on <laughs> when it comes on digital. Right. I mean, at some point, I'll probably rewatch it just to see if my criticisms are well founded. Right. I think they are. The only thing at this point I'm waiting for is one meetup, and I don't know if that's going to happen next movie, which I'm sure. Well, a couple of meetups is probably going to happen because we know that. We know the cliffhanger is going to pay off probably at the beginning of the movie. Right, right. I just need Han to come out okay. Oh, yeah. I, I just well. need Han to come out of this movie, the, the you know, the series okay. Because they killed him once, they brought him back. I need Han to not, to just make it through the end. I would suspect Han's going to be all right. I, I have nothing so. to base that on, but I'm hoping that it was good. Because there was that one conversation that... that he and uh he and Dom had. I was kind of like, wait, what? what? Yeah, that sounds one of those. That's not like one of those conversations. Yes, like, like that's but like a conversation like, he'd have with Brian, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, no, they're not going to do that to him. So I'm like, I think if anybody, if anybody, if we're making predictions, if anybody should die, it's probably Dom, probably. But I know it's going to happen. Yeah. So probably, probably. That being said, folks. All right, let's um let let's push on away from this just as equally as Fast and Furious as we started. Yes, because you know Fast and Furious for us, it's a trap. <laughs> Pretty much, I don't even know how. Because when did we get started doing this? <laughs> because we talked about it. Because I think Tim and I talked about it, and uh, about seeing five or uh, no six. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was five. No, Tim and I, no, no, it was after five, right? It was six, right? So Tim and I talked about it, and then, you know, uh, uh, I think at that point, you hadn't really watched them yet? That's correct. And I think we we, we, we got you sucked into it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's damn. how it happened. <laughs> yeah, it's all our fault, yo. Uh... It makes me want to go watch Fast Five again on its own because it's such a good movie. I almost did. I almost did because, I mean, but see, here's the thing about X, Fast X. You kind of don't have to because most of the major points get brought back up in this movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some little bits in here you'll miss out on. And, right, right. And oh, you like, know who else? I was about to say, you know who else? Another DCEU uh, actor? Right? Oh. The guy who plays Jack Reacher. The guy who plays uh, 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 Hawk from Titans is in the movie. A wait, more DCEU character uh, 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 actors. I don't wait. I don't know the dude. Was that uh, Ames? Yes. Okay, because I thought he was a wrestler. I did not know who that dude was. No, that's the guy that played Hawk from the Titans, like Hawk and Dove. Like Dove was right. um, uh, uh, Minka Kelly, who's who's still incredibly hot. Um, but uh, you know, he played Hawk. Okay, that kind of explain some things then because like i thought that i was like maybe this isn't this is probably some wrestler i don't know about right <laughs> right no no he is he you know he no, for an actor he is pretty like big and jacked right okay yeah, yeah like he okay that's the part with him that i was like you just okay sure you walked away out of that even though he whatever happened happened but it was like but again even with that Guess what? Some things that 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 he even mentions himself that happens throughout the whole franchise yep. happened still, right. even though he called it out. Yep. I'm just like, come on. <laughs> it's just you so it out earlier, and it's, here you are. What are you doing? It's just so silly. Yeah. Oh, anyway, God, right. folks, yeah, we look. have fallen back into the trap. Get us out of here, Han. Get us out of here, Lando. <laughs> we are going to move on to the books of the weekend. I actually should have done this because uh, we knew what we were going to do. But Right, and um, we're going to go fairly quickly here, folks, because we've been uh, uh, lingering on Fast 10 for a while. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so we're going to start off with books with, as I mark the time, shit. Fantastic Four number seven. Fantastic Four number seven is written by Ryan North with art by Ebon or Ibon Coelho. Colors are by Jesus Abertov and letters are by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So I will tell you all. Off the bat, this is a candidate for Click of the Week for me because I had a ton of fun with this issue. It is so well written. So, so well written. In fact, it is a Fantastic Four issue that only touches briefly on the members of the Fantastic Four. Instead, it does, in fact, focus on their greatest nemesis. One, Victor Von Doom. And some time travel shenanigans that would go so well with Kang, but instead it's Doom. Although, oh wait, no, I'm thinking of another book, sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, so we knew Doom was coming, this issue. We knew pretty much that, like, yeah, he's going to pretty much do some things, you know, it was kind of hyped up in a way that even he in this book kind of said, like, no, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing. Yep. I got this. Yep. And then found out the error of his ways. But nevertheless, you know, we did not expect what he was going to do. And I guess we should have. But or I guess I should have. I don't know. <laughs> Expected what he was going to do uh, and come to find out how well that works out for him through the rest of the book. Right. 
Right. And what's funny is, you know, he does use um, a mixture of mysticism and science, but mostly science in this case, but just, you know, under the guise of mysticism to mm-hmm. introduce his, the, the, this uh, technological uh, weapon against the Fantastic Four. And, you know, that was actually pretty creepy. You know, the way that the way that North uh, developed that part of the story. It's like, oh, just like I was joking about before about losing track of some words or, or grasping for words because I'm tired or it's late, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're 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 grasping for the right word when you know a, a decent word or more or at least an appropriate word will do. And I found myself doing that earlier today. I was like, oh, that that kind of reminds me of you know what what happened in this issue. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I do that a lot, so I well recognize the symptoms. <laughs> right. So ultimately, you know, what I enjoyed about this is that one, yes, it is a a a, a double sized issue, or at least a larger sized issue, and you know, it's just, uh, you know, it, it focuses on this great um, journey that Victor is on uh, to try to figure out one his place in. The grand scheme of things is very existential to a certain extent. But also kind of creepy in his own and because of the reasonings why. Right, right, right. I mean, of course, it's Doom, right? So Doom has to take it to an extreme. That's one of his biggest failings as a character, as a person, right? He takes what normally would be, you know, what, what you know, like the what he would be capable of, all the greatness that he would be capable of. And Alicia picks up on this towards the end. But he just takes things too far. You know, he takes it to beyond the logical conclusion to the illogical extreme uh, uh, end because he's doomed. That is his major failing. And the weird thing about it, it is couched in, I was like, part of me thought we're going back to Secret Wars with this whole thing. But it was not necessarily about the character he was focused on in this issue, although that character was involved in a in a way, also the 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 elderish thing of that character. But like one, I didn't. I almost forgot that Doom has ha, has this relationship with this character in the way that he does. Right. You all forget about it, but it does come up every now and then. But also, I was like, this is a fixation that seems a little. You take it a little to a, 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 an extent. It seems kind of creepy, but we know we know that's not what right. we can feel. Right, because what it is is that Doom, you know, just has never been able to find his right person. Let's put it that way, right? So instead, you know, he basically takes on a child that's not his, you know, and basically treats her as his child. And that is the source of the relationship that Roddy Cat is speaking of, right? And, Mm -hmm. And the way he relates to her is... You know, is just a little on the weird side, but you can kind of understand it in the sense that, yeah, he's reaching for, a you know, whatever paternal instinct he might have. He just, you know, hasn't figured out how to be a human enough to find someone, you know, to help procreate. And that's as, that's as scientific as I can make it. Right. That, yeah, it was the relationship that he would have wanted with, and I'm blanking on the name of the, his uh, his young protege that i think has grown up at this point christoph christoph yeah that's the, the relationship that he would have wanted with christoph 
you can kind of tell it. Like this is an inference, but you can kind of tell it because mm-hmm. because this character is kind of like what he would want. You know, I mean, it's a little. I mean, to me, in my opinion, it's a little different because Kristoff is, you know, like already kind of grown and developed. And he's trying to mold him, where. You know, this character, he, you know, he even says it during the story. He's basically been there since birth and he's been trying to influence and raise, you know, even from afar. Right. So that's why that's why I see it as more of a father child dynamic that he's trying to foster to trying to develop. And, you know, like I said, you know. You know, and, and we're not speaking ill of of, 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 of single folks who, who become parents by adopting, but that's essentially what he's doing here. But basically by adopting a kid that already has parents. <laughs> right. But a kid that is kind of almost like kind of almost like him. Right. 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 So, uh, but yeah, so I get the relationship, but I think like this, this particular character kind of took it like, eh, it's a little... Like yeah, he can. We know Doom can get fixated on, on things here and there, so it wasn't outside of character. Right. But at the same time, it was kind of weird. Right. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the big 700, um, uh, 700 character character cover that um, who did it? Kobolish. Um, yeah. The but the big seven hundred character um spread for the cover. Uh, that is pretty good, but you, obviously you can only see so much because of <laughs> because of the video. But um, it's a great cover, right? Also, there is a post credit stinger. Yes, there is, and it's an interesting play on a familiar acronym. Yes, yes, it is uh, a, a familiar um, uh, a fam- yes, like it just I'm saying. A rebranding, so to speak, yes. uh, once again of um, of um, of an outlet. <laughs> yeah, a particular organization, let's say. Yes, an organization. Thank you um, for for what that's going to entail. Uh, I guess we'll find out whenever. I don't know if it's going to be in the pages of Fantastic Four, which I guess seems logical given the last issue. But um, yeah, we'll find out. Hmm. They're going extra legal, folks. Yep. Buckle up. Which yep. I'm sitting here like, they weren't already? <laughs> they kind of got a little heavy-handed a few hundred different times right. <laughs> over the years. So I mean, like, I laughed. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was about to say, how is this any different? Right. I laughed at some of the reasoning that one character gave. Like, it makes the acronym work and it saves the American taxpayer some graphic design money. I kind of giggled at that. Right. Yeah, that cover is pretty dope, uh, Benji. I, I I like this cover. I would almost, I would like to see that as a as a poster. Yeah, I got to pull that. Cover. I haven't I haven't seen. I I saw it very briefly. Mm-hmm. I saw it very yeah. brief. But but in whose uh, that is Fantastic Four Seven is definitely a, a great uh, book to, to pick up. Uh, I don't I. Not sh- you don't necessarily need to know everything that's happened prior, but it would help uh, the, for the first six issues. But um, yeah, I was about to say, you know what? I don't even think you do. I think this yeah. is actually fairly new reader friendly. Yeah, you know, it's funny they even drop mention of uh, the Reckoning War. I was like, oh my god, the Reckoning War. <laughs> right. 
which was fairly recent, but still, it was like, okay, yeah, they, they, it, you went some places with this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Boy, howdy. Yeah. All right, folks. Now we're going to get into... Oh, I'm sorry, did you, you have something else? No, I'm just waiting for the uh, the, the cover for uh, issue number 700 to load so I can take a look at this. Wow, that's pretty intense. Yeah, that's, that's pretty dope. That's <laughs> pretty intense. Like, it's you know what it is? It's not an action shot, but it's still pretty intense because that is a lot of characters. George Perez would be proud. Yeah, I feel like that would... That would be um, in a whole a hot move cover, yeah. For section, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty intense. Now do something. Well, they already did an Avengers thing, so I was about to say, do that for the Avengers. But they're, they've already done. A couple, mm-hmm. like, speaking of Avengers, um, uh, yes, I did kind of plan that, but not really. Avengers number one. We're going to next. Yes. Yeah, so this is the latest Avengers reboot. So Avengers number one is written by a favorite writer of ours over here at the Chronicles, Jed McKay, with art by C.F. Via, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. I will say this, too, was a candidate for a click of the week for me because I felt like McKay really was connecting some of the dots that we had gotten from other books, right? There are some, you know, kind of not plot lines, but definitely plots that uh, were carried forward in like little half measured steps here in this book from other stories, namely uh, Black Pan- the most recent Black Panther run um, and the current uh, Captain America uh, symbol of truth run. Uh, carrying forward, as well as some stuff that that's been happening in Thor, and even some stuff that's been happening in Iron Man to a lesser extent. But ultimately, I you know, uh, Roddy Cat will mention um, one of his favorite concepts in a team book occurring here, and I'll let him talk about it. But I enjoyed, I just enjoyed the execution of it. You know, I thought that this part. Uh, that this issue really did an, an excellent job of laying out why one cap was chosen over the other. Um, that was, it was just very straight. It was very plain and straightforward. You know, I kind of okay. Yeah, finish what you was gonna say because there was something about that part I kind of wanted to mention also outside of that. Yeah, hold the. I was gonna say hold your thought, and right. uh, I will finish by saying that uh, you know this is you know if there's one thing that. Um, Marvel has been doing, but f- I guess in the wake of uh, Bendis's New Avengers, most of these lineups have been like pretty full of powerhouses, right? These are some really kind of uh, uh, heavy hitter laden Avengers lineups that we've gotten, uh, you know, even post Hickman. You know, some people would say, yeah, it's mostly the movie Avengers, right? Especially with the, you know, with, with the, the leading role that Carol Danvers has taken. But I would still say that this is something that has happened, you know, post New Avengers, where most, if not every major Avengers lineup that starts a book is packed with, like, you know, with, with, uh, 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 powerful characters. Go, uh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry to to to, 
to drag yeah, no. on. You could no, because you make a you make a very valid point. Because actually, because because on that point, as they just said, they alluded to. Yeah, I especially with the Avengers, because I'm a big Avengers fan, and over the years I've seen you know the new volumes, or even you know in the midst of volumes, new teams get formed, and the reasonings why. Like yeah, we've as of recent years, you know, there's been new volumes and. Sometimes new reasons as to why um, teams get formed, and I kind of love that because like the formation of the team is like all right. Sometimes it works out well. Sometimes it 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 doesn't because it's like okay, that's not a necessarily good reason why X Y Z is on this team or not, or even the whole team up as itself. And as the seventy says, like yeah, it has been kind of stacked with kind of some powerhouses. Uh, but team formations, especially in, a, in an Avengers book. Um, you know, the way things come up, and even if it's a, a seemingly logical, quote unquote, reasoning for them being there, I'm like, okay, yeah, so it's clear this is going to be something they're going to be playing with as the, uh, as, uh, as the volume goes by. So I, I kind of very much love that, like I said, especially with Avengers. That being said, with this team, it kind of goes back to um, two different things. Well, actually, they've never really gotten past the, the Rule of Seven thing because they've kind of kept around, with the exception of probably around Hickman's run. Yeah, but um, they kind of kept close to the kind of Rule of Seven thing, which is a, which is a classic thing in the Avengers. But in this particular case, is balanced also because, like Agent Seven said, like yeah, it's usually kind of loaded with a, a bunch of power and you know smarts within the power also, but more so just powerhouses. In this case, you got a quote unquote a little more classic lineup with a mix of, you know, power, you got smarts, you got ability. And cunning, planning. Right. Yeah. And some of that and got a couple of couple of couple of them all in one. You know, we even got a scholar wish and, and vision back on the uh, on the team. Not together, but right. <laughs> right, 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 right. right, 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 so, right, right. So it so this kind of brought back this kind of brought back some feels for me. It's like yeah, this is kind of close to a you know eighties era. Yeah, like balance. a classic. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a powerful classic lineup. I agree with that. Right. So I was like, so I was like, all right, cool. And yeah, going back to the whole cat thing, the whole so there was a a part in the book where uh, Captain Marvel and the two Captains America are all in the same place, and they got this running bit that's almost out of an, another, like, a Mighty Python uh, skit or something. That was kind of amusing, I thought. But, yeah, I was kind of curious as to how... Which makes me out. laugh, because Sam Wilson was never actually a captain. Well, I knew you were going to bring up something like that, but, yes, sure, okay, yes, that is true. But... <laughs> <sighs> But nevertheless, he has a title now, whatever. For I know, but um, but the fact they were all in there, you know, doing what they were doing, and it was all the those the whole running captain joke was kind of amusing. I'm like, all right, McKay, that was that was was uh, pretty good. And even Steve was kind of like, all right, I get it, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was yeah. kind of strange too. But also, I was like, hmm. I was kind of bold to do it right there, right then. I was like, yeah, you picked the one cap over the other. <laughs> well, I mean, they had to give a reason for it, and I thought that was okay, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah um, cool. What's funny is that, um, at least, you know, from, from, from my vantage point, uh, the one, I, you know, the one, I was just thinking about this as you were talking, 
the one lineup I can think of that was not like filled with like a presupposing like ridiculous level of power was probably the the Avengers lineup that had Miles, Kamala, and Sam Alexander in it as prime members. That was the one departure I can think of where they went in a wholly different direction. At least yeah, temporarily. Minty thing. Although they still kind of had they still had a fair mix of power and you know when it was kind of I guess it did kind of lean a little bit more ability slash right power side than 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 power because I mean Sam's you know Sam, right no Sam's, they're not slouches they are not slouches right. but we're not talking like you know an Avengers team that you know can confidently go up against Terminus you know which getting to that point yes once again Terminus after back in the eighties being an event. <laughs> is the 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 um the the first issue punching bag yeah which hasn't happened in a while mind you but it uh the fact that it was him now this but then again that's jed mckay and that's also you know there's been a lot of deep cuts well this is not a deep cut but this is a, enough of a deep cut to be like huh that's funny you know to me um you know, because like I said, Terminus it was uh, was an alien that was an event back in the day. It was an, it was an annual event, right? Uh, at, at one point, so it was like, huh, all right, been reduced, which had been reduced for quite a while. So that's not saying much. It was just funny to me, but um, I'm like, all right, McKay, that was an interesting pull that for for the for the first big baddie. But at the end of this issue, um, not to give it away, but um. Someone that Agent 70 mentioned a little while ago being another big bad that may or may not have an MCU um, counterpart shows up at the end. For what reason? I guess we'll find out next issue. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this um, to, to this book. Like I said, as an Avengers fan, as a fan of Jet McKay, Sia uh, Villa's art was, was pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty sharp in this issue. I think we joked about this just in the pre-show meeting that it was sharper than normal, probably because he gave himself a lot of time to work on it. Right. So, yeah, you don't want to fuck up an Avengers book. Come on. Yeah, especially not a number one. Right. So, if they, will that continue to, like, you know, Villains are usually pretty good. Like I said, sometimes look a little rushed, but yeah, um, it, it's standardly pretty good. So yes. I don't expect it to be too bad going forward. No, same here, same here. All right. All right, so what do you think? Rapid fire? Well, no, let's do, let's do Titans real quick. All right. All right, so we're shifting gears over into the DC corner of the comic book universe. Titans number one is written by Tom Taylor with art by Nicola Scott. Colors by Annette Kwok and letters by Wes Abbott. And this is part of the, uh, what is the, uh, what is this, um, rebirth? Dawn of DC. What's that? Dawn of DC. Dawn of DC, rebirth of DC. Dawn of DC line of books. And, you know, it literally is, uh, similar to Avengers number one in that there is a little bit of team building in this. There is a little bit of, we're not going to use assembling it, but (laughs) there is a little bit of assembly required when it comes to this current version of the Titans. And some characters are brought in. Some characters refuse the call, which is normal. And ultimately they leave 
uh, uh, Tom Taylor leaves in some ideas of why some characters decline the call. And, you know, that's probably going to be uh, fodder for future story. Oh, definitely. Especially what happens near the near the end of that book with another. Speaking of uh, a DC character that was uh, may have had a, a, the, the person playing him in the Fast and Furious. Right. <laughs> right. So happy to come into play into this. Um, yeah, that's def- that stuff is definitely going to come back uh, into the fold and probably together. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I enjoyed this issue. Um, the Titans, you know, Titans and Teen Titans was it's kind of one of those books. I was like, I have always enjoyed what I've read of them. Like, I, I can't I can't sit here and say that I'm as big a fan as uh, Agent 70 or, or, or even Tim Dog. Right. But I've always enjoyed it, especially on the on TV and whatnot. And now apparently they're taking over for the Justice League because of recent events. And their team has already been pretty much built in for the longest time, with the exception of one who comes in at the end in a particular state uh, or who comes in at the beginning and the end in a particular state, which you would think that like those characters will learn, as we said uh, before the show. Right. But um, clearly don't. Right. And uh, that's going to lead into to, to the um, the start of what's going on with this uh, with this team, and whether they do actually, you know, end up being the replacements for the the Justice League, or it's this is a temporary situation situation, which is quite likely the case. Right, I think so Cause too. Because it's because I feel like if they were going to do that, they would have given them the Justice League book. No, but at the end of the day, I think that the Titans are their own. You know, they're just trying to make them a more preeminent name in the in the DC universe. You know, making mm-hmm. them the primary hero team, even though they do not have that presupposing power, right? That the Justice League is want to have that the current Avengers team, you know, wields, right? And mm-hmm. you know, the you know, my favorite part of being a fan of the 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 Wolfman Perez Titans, which is essentially what we have here, right? This that's essentially the team here, the, like the OG Wolfman Perez uh, Titans. The to me the best part is that you know the 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 love that the characters have for each other still rings true, even though some of the relationships have changed. Obviously, there's you know Corey and and uh, Nightwing, you know Starfire and Nightwing aren't necessarily the item they've kind of rejiggered the romantic tension on the team to include two other characters, which is weird, but you know, it's, it's part of the evolution of the team. Uh, You know, I would have almost said it was weird, except for we've seen more of it in animated form that just so happened to come back into book form more than, more than not. So it's weird in that respect, but, but I get what you're saying. Right. And I'm just, I'm honestly just glad that one of my favorite characters, I was always a fan of Donna Troy, that they have made her less, you know, wonky. You know, they basically brought her back to the Donna that we knew from the beginning of the OG, well, not the OG Titans run, but the Wolfman Perez run. Right, because she had a really, really crazy time. Mm -hmm. For a long time, for a long time. So. With her origin and everything. Yep. So, yep, yep. Yeah, so they, they brought her back. Them. Right. They kind of they kind of brought her back to basics, as it were. And mm-hmm. so that yeah, is a welcome. Right. That is a good thing. Yeah, that is a welcome development. You know, we'll see how long that lasts with the character. You know, because there's always someone who says, "Ah, oh, let's put them through the ringer." 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would like to believe they're they're going to kind of keep it straight. Like clearly, they're probably going to probably put some of their old Rose Gallery in, into the mix, mm-hmm. uh, if anything. But I think, you know, they're, they'll probably keep it like this for a minute, I would hope. So you got to give them some time to breathe. I know that's that's not a thing that happens in comic books now, late, now, time, now later, but or nowadays. Right. But I hope they do give them some time to kind of breathe and, and do what they're setting out to do. Right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll All right. see. All right. So spin now up, I will sir. spin up the me the old minigun. I ain't got time to breathe. All right. It is rapid fire review time, and we'll start off with a book that we both have in common. That is She-Hulk number 13. It's written by Rainbow Rowell with art by Andres Genole and Joe Quinones. Colors by D. Cuniff and Brian Valenza, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. I don't necessarily have a lot to say about this because the way Rainbow Rowell is uh, composing her run on She-Hulk, she is balancing some of the personal development of She-Hulk with some interesting action and uh, superhero-y moments and still weaving in some Jack of Hearts stuff. So every bit of those aspects of her run are developed here in this issue. And I'll leave it to Roddy Cat to, to uh, add his thoughts. Yeah, it, it's clear they're going with a whole love triangle thing here or the beginning of a love triangle thing here. And uh, in closing, I noticed there was an interesting analogy that um, that dealt with uh, another relationship in the MCU, uh, in the in the, the Marvel Universe, Rogue and Gabbett, which I think I talked about last week mm-hmm. as, as a as a parallel. And I'm like, yeah, OK, you, you pretty much um, sign where you're going with that or what partially what you're trying to do with that. So we'll see how how it how it uh, turns out. I don't think it's going to end well for uh, one person. I suspect, but we'll see. All right. Okay. Next up is Captain America: Sentinel of Liberty, number twelve. It's written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles. Art by Alina Erofiva. Colors by Nolan Woodard and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, our favorite lettering Python. So, I suspect that the end result of this Cold War story is the establishment of Sam Wilson as the sole Captain America in the Marvel comic book universe, at least for a while. That seems to be where this is going, because what I think this story is meant to do is to create, you know reasons to push or not to put aside both uh james Buch- james buchanan barnes and steve rogers for a little while and to let uh, uh sam wilson thrive in the role the soul as the sole captain america or at least the primary captain america so that seems to be it because now sam is the voice of reason like okay so steve is now the you know overly emotional, you know, character here because, you know, they're bringing in family and elements from Rick Remender's uh, uh, Dimension Z story. 
and you know, and 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 they're turning Bucky into something that he really hasn't been for a long time. So it's it's you know that's what I think the overall goal is. Whether or not they're able to pull that off successfully with a good story, I'll wait and see. I'll read, but I'm not necessarily keen on seeing where all this goes. You know, I'm not I'm not 100% comfortable with Captain's America, but at the same time, uh, you know, you know, if you're going to let one thrive, go ahead. You know, figure out something right. to do with the other. But you but you also know why because of once again MCU leanings. Right, the MCUification of everything. And what's coming up on, on the way in the MCU in right. that respect. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So that's that. That's what I suspect is happening. It's just a matter of whether or not they're able to tell a good story along with it, and then you know we'll see how it all shakes out. Last but not least for me is X Men number twenty two. With it's written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Joshua Casara, colors by Marte Gracia, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So guess what, folks? I think this is actually an important issue to read if you want to figure out where. Uh, a lot of the fall of X stuff is going to come from. This may not be the best X-Men issue, but I think it is important to help. Um, you know, it, it actually does in fact move the X story forward. So if Roddy cat has not read this yet, it's not on his list, but if he's behind, I, I, I would, I would suggest catching up to get to this point and reading this issue and you will see hints of where they're going. A lot of, um, Sins of Sinister was kind of muck to me. Like it just, it was just stuff I didn't want to like, you know, wade through and figure out. But this issue does a lot to, uh, entertain and to kind of move everyone's story forward enough that it's caused me to re-engage with the story. So. I'll uh, leave it at that without spoiling too much, just in case Rodcat does in fact read this. And that's it for me. Uh, I forgot to mention, uh, shout out to Mark Brooks's uh, corner box uh, covers. Uh, let Mark's let Mark corner corner box. Yeah. As his hashtag. I don't know if you, if you follow him on Instagram. No, uh, he's been, yeah, he's been, uh, he's, he's had that hashtag and this has been some good stuff. Like you see, if you're watching the video version, you can see the X-Men one, which is good. And I think I showed the one for the Avengers earlier. Uh, some, some uh, some good, good looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Bring back boxes also. Um, but yeah, I, I do plan on reading that book. I was actually going to go back and reread since the sinister for some stupid reason, all of it. Cause I totally forgot. Like I said, I, I think I said before I lost a thread. So, that's probably going to happen uh, as much as I hate to do that. And I'm kind of stalling because I'm looking for this. Guardians of the Galaxy number two, uh, written by Colin Kelly and Jets Jackson Lansing, uh, as I just already said, uh, former guest of the show. Art by Kev Walker, colors by Matt uh, Hollingsworth, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. So... um. We still don't know what this whole group fall thing is. I don't know how many issues are going to go before we do, but we pretty much got a, another uh, a mission in which the the well, unbeknownst to part of the Guardians, is going is going to be do for one way, 
uh, but for a, a couple of others, it's kind of a, um, I guess, re- return to some old school leanings uh, in a way. And the two end up <laughs> coming together, let's just say, uh, by the by the end of the, the book. So it's uh, it's still an interesting read. I I'm just would I'm curious to see where they're what they're trying to do with this book. Um, it, it feels to me like they're kind. They're basically trying to um, channel uh, Abbott and Lanning, mm-hmm. uh, the Guardians, and I. But with also a, uh, well, no, that's that's pretty much it. I was gonna say with a little bit of um, the OG original Guardians mixed in, but the but the OG original Guardians was nothing like these uh, these folks. So, so we're still kind of getting into what they're what they're doing, but they're not really going swiftly about it. Uh, but still fun. Yeah. I'll try to catch up because this is only the second issue. So, right. Yeah. You're not really, you're not really missing out on anything at this point. Uh, next book, Star Trek number eight, potential click of the week for me. Also continuously continue to be written by, uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. This is a This is apparently their week. Um, art by Mike Feehan. Colors by Lee Luffridge and letters by Clayton Cowles. And again, potential click of the week because this uh, pretty much has some uh, one or two very Star Trek as they almost said was. And so put that down if you're keeping track. But I didn't say it. So um, Cisco's on trial by the Cardassians because of war crimes. If you know about D- DS9 or what happened during, during the Dominion War, it pretty much plays on that because this is kind of around that time still. Um, uh, which is kind of the departure from the first arc of this book, where they were going after um, um, some uh, the Klingon or whoever was killing the quote unquote cosmic gods or whatever the case may be. But they're going to get back into that with um, the upcoming event. Um, but while Cisco's on trial, he has a a very intriguing and familiar uh, council on his side. Again, fans of DS9 will will uh, will appreciate this. But on the other side of it is, or some would say the B-plot, is Data and the crew kind of going after uh, missing Bajoran artifacts uh, that they've been trying to, that they've been tracking the whole time throughout the first arc. Um, <clears throat> and of course, they, are, they come across uh, some folks having to do with the, the aforementioned event that is coming up. So of course, they're, uh, they are going to, uh, they're starting to tie that in. Uh, and as you can see, if you're watching the video version at the top, countdown to Day of Blood, which is the event. So there you go. Um, there's also uh, an image at the back of the book about the upcoming Star Trek annual, which I cannot wait to read. That's all I'm going to say. Um, because if you know anything about Star Trek, there's a couple of things you can definitely say that is the case. And there's some tra- time tra- travel shenanigans happening. And this looks to be that um by that by that image next up though uh staying in the star trek corner is star trek the motion picture echoes number one of actually i'm not sure what this or one of uh i thought i had that written down but i guess not written by mark guggenheim uh art by oleg uh chudikov colors by dc alonzo and letters by jeff eckleberry this is also another potential click of the week for for myself. 
So this goes back to the time of, if the title doesn't tell you anything, goes back to the title of the first Star Trek movie, which is the motion picture. Uh, so this actually takes place a little while after that. Uh, and if you remember much about that uh, movie, uh, Kirk only had temporary command and now Starfleet's trying to pull him back behind the de- desk. But thanks to um, a spatial anom- anomaly and also some parallel universe type shenanigans, Kirk's trying to uh, keep his uh, field commission the way it is for a little while longer. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in this thing. And I feel like there's a, a callback. I have something in my notes that might be a callback to a later Star Trek movie, but I don't know. But they didn't. They didn't go all the way there, which is a bummer. But I, but I felt it. So, and the only reason, other reason why I, I bring it up after the Star Trek, outside of the fact that I've read it in that order, is because guess what, folks? Another Bajoran artifact. Oh God. Is 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 at the uh, is at the um, center of this apparently. And yes, it is one of the same of Bajoran artifacts that uh, that is. You know that has been throughout uh, DS9 and uh, the 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 aforementioned ongoing book that I just talked about. Oh, God, but in this case, uh, this is a hundred. I don't know how many years, like well before DS9. So therefore, this crew had never heard of the Bajoran. So this is before that happens. But apparently, some Willowan comes along from a parallel universe who has. Of course, so, yes. Uh, so yeah, that's so that's is an interesting thing to me if to uh, in, in all of this. So I'm enjoying it so far and I hope to continue to next up. <clears throat> I was about to say, hold that thought. Um, yeah. Star Trek, the motion picture echoes, right? Yes. So it says, it doesn't say in a uh, comic list, what the number of issues are in the miniseries, but it is acknowledged to be a miniseries in the solicitation. Right. Yeah, that part I knew, but like I said, that's why I said uh, right. it does not I mean, say. Yeah, it, it it doesn't clearly state. I'm going to check the diamond one, and I will check back with you. Okay, Go ahead. thanks. Uh, Batman Superman: The World's Finest number fifteen, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, uh, colors by Tamra Bonvillain, and letters by Steve Wands. <clears throat> uh, you've heard of Metamorpho if you are enough of a DC fan. You've heard of. Um, the various androids that are that have been around from various people uh, in the DC universe. Well, folks, let me introduce you to a new Morpho called Ultra Morpho. Oh, you also know about the Motorman, the Metalman, possibly if you are enough of a DC head. Um, what do all that have to do with anything? They're kind of all in this book. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's an apparently. Um, Ivo, Doctor Ivo, you know of uh, you know Red Tornado fame, made another android and it got out of its control and pretty much turned the tables on him. Um, and this this Ultra Morpho just kind of come out of the place. Uh, as I say in my notes, he's, he kind of looks like a super adapting, uh, absorbing man because that's kind of what he what he does, but. There's some bad armor here. The Doom Patrol's around. Um, 
There's actually, excuse me, two new uh, Amazo. Oh, yeah, Amazo was the original uh, uh, Android that I was thinking about that could do such a thing. And there's also another one that comes in at the end who uh, is probably going to cause havoc. And during all this, there's a, a robot uprising that people are trying to take care of all over the place. So, yeah, it's a lot going on in this book. Uh, next book is Cyborg number one of six. Uh, written by Morgan Morgan Hampton, art by Tom Ranney, uh, colors by Michael, Michael Atiyu, and letters by Rob Lee. So I think this takes place before um, Titans number one, because there is a footnote in there that alludes to what goes on in Titans number one, because, you know, it, it also came out this week. Um, but... Apparently, Cyborg is back in Detroit, or can obviously get back in uh, back and forth to Detroit for whatever other reasons. But he finds out some bad news about a family member of him, of which he has um, strained relations with. I think if you know enough about Cyborg and and have possibly seen um, the Justice League movie, you know who I'm talking about. So that kind of sends Victor down. Um, uh, I guess. Down the path to dealing with his fe- uh, fe- uh, feelings while he's doing other stuff, including uh, dealing with a couple of old uh, Teen Titans baddies up right off the bat. So it's an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting uh, uh, read, and at the end, again, more robot shenanigans uh, or and and or Android kind of happens that may or may not be tied to some things I just said. We'll see how that plays out uh, going forward. Bloodline, Daughter of Blade. Jack's like kind of every time I read that, I want to watch Blade again. Uh, written by Danny Lore, art by Karen S. Darbo, color artist Chris Peters, and letters by VCs Josephino. So um, Blade has shown up, indeed has shown up in his daughter's life, and gives uh, well, this happened like the last issue, gives her the most blade-like gift uh, at the beginning of this issue. Uh, that one ever could, or at least one of anyway. Uh, but they end up finding out that uh, Brielle's moms got kidnapped. We know who it is, but they don't. So they're kind of looking, kind of on the hunt, looking for her. But meanwhile, um, Brielle's kind of have some issues at school with this uh, with this new girl who, um, you can call her a vampire slayer, maybe not Buffy, but definitely a, a vampire slayer who's kind of giving her a hard time. Uh, but things in the end kind of some clues get gotten, but um, and a trap is set that uh, um, a couple of people fall for. But um, we shall see. Uh, I believe this is a five, if I'm not mistaken. So the next book is going to be the end of it, and we'll see uh, if uh, Brielle, you know, how Brielle turns out uh, at this. But I've been enjoying it, so it's been cool. Uh-oh. Last book. I uh, should have done that earlier, actually. Black Adam, number 11 of 12. Uh, script by Christopher Priest. Pencils by Eber Ferreira. Colors by Matt Herms. Letters by Willie Schubert. So, yeah, this is the penultimate issue of this uh, Maxi series. Uh, and what I thought was going to happen at the end of last issue apparently did not happen. Or the, the cover for last issue uh, would have suggested, but um, which I guess is a good thing. 
subvert expectations. So uh, something happens between a couple of uh, couple of characters, one of them being Black Adam, and another character that has something to do with the new Adam, uh, Malik, who is I can't remember what name they fell on with his superhero name, but regardless, um, uh, kind of trying to drive a little something in between them. There's these folks called the um, the Cod, who's been kind of hounding Adam because he made him and won't let him forget that he made him. Um, and it's all leading somewhere because there's a lot going on in this issue uh, or in this book specifically that is, is kind of a whole lot. But I, I guess you can kind of keep it together if you, you know, if you uh, if you got it like that. There's a couple of key parts in this issue, but also as, as things tend to happen, you know, some some action. Um, it's kind of funny because Black Adam near the end gets a Doctor Strange move pulled on him. Uh, which leads to something happening uh, uh, to him, but we'll see how that gets uh, messed up. Uh, how that gets um, figured out next issue. And that, folks, is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Um, we didn't. I put a call out to the other guys a couple of days ago and I don't think they answered. That's okay. So, yeah, it's fine. And with the way this thing kind of put itself together this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be recording in another few days, so it's kind it's, of an I, interesting time. Yeah. But, um, I kind of I had already stated my potential clicks of the week. Do you already have yours figured? Yeah, so did I. I. I You know, my potentials are basically Avengers number one and Fantastic Four number seven. Um, mm-hmm. X-Men 22 is a surprising candidate because of how quickly I was able to re-engage with the X-Men story based on what was in the pages of this book. Because, you know, a lot of the stuff that's been happening recently in X-Men is just kind of like, uh, not filler, but definitely, you know, like uh, establishing a few <clears throat> conflicts, uh, you know, kind of interpersonal conflicts between several characters and this issue basically moved everything, you know, kind of, you know, developed the the conflict, the greater conflicts going forward. I would say, though, that Fantastic Four number seven is far and away my favorite book of the week because of the doomness of it all. Kind of figure. Yep. So Fantastic Four number seven is my click of the week. And you know what? I, I cannot fault that pick because it, it, it was a pretty good book. You know what? We're going to put that cover back up on the screen. Blah, blah, because it's a dope cover. Um, so Fantastic Four, number seven, four, four. AKA seven. number 700. AKA number seven, six, sorry. I should, yeah, I should probably put that in there also. Legacy 700. Um, for myself, definitely those two are good. Star Trek, um, Star Trek and Star Trek, the motion picture echoes both um, are, are in those as well. Uh, oh, and just to, just to add a, a quick note, the diamond solicitation also did not reflect how many issues that were that are, are in that Star Trek uh, miniseries. Yeah, I had looked, so I was like, I didn't see anything. Um, so I would have been surprised if you had found something. Um, he, like I said, between. Between those books, uh, uh, eight to seven, ten, and the two that I mentioned, both being Star Trek books, I'm like, yeah, man, this is this is a toughie. 
Um, but I think I'm actually going to go with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me, Star Trek number eight. Nice, nice. There is a particular callback to a DS9 episode that I guess I should have expected was going to come up at some at some point. But you can tell uh, Lansing and Kelly is like, yeah, okay, we they've clearly watched some DS9 and some and some and, and some other tracks. So I was like, you know what? Good on them for that for for pulling that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not expecting to see that, but yet here we are. And that is uh, my click, and that is clicks of the week. So what uh, what say we uh, get an ad read out? Our first ad read of the night is for Funko Funder First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including T-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise including custom DIY pop figures art books, and skateboards. And now, for the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles, you can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10. For your 10% off discount, Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Cinematic news. First off, a study shows that (laughs) Young Justice is way more popular than the average US TV series, which is probably feels like it's not saying that much. Um, given the state of TV nowadays, but apparently according to a study by Parrot Analytics, uh, which draws upon a range of sources according to this article, including streaming media, uh, streaming, social media, fan and critic ratings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to calculate that Young Justice is 15.2 times more in demand among viewers based in the U.S. And yes, folks, this is a story that was dated May 11th of this year. So you would think, wait, shouldn't isn't this kind of old? Or shouldn't it be? But no, apparently it's a recent thing because maybe they have nothing else to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here that this puts Young Justice among the top 2.7 percent of shows in the U.S. market. Well, this percentile rank among action adventure genre is equally impressive with 90.4.1. You know, I I have enjoyed some Young Justice. That that last bit, that last this last season, I think I fell off on at the beginning. So I need to guess, I need to go back to it. But sure, it's a good show. Next up, Elizabeth Olsen confirms fan speculation about Multiverse of Madness as writers. She basically confirmed what many fans have suspected that uh, the writers of Multiverse of Madness did not know how her character's arc actually concluded in the WandaVision Disney Plus series. Yikes. Because it hadn't finished yet. Right. So the funny thing about this, the only reason why I put and the only reason why I put this in here was because I feel like when we talked about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I feel like we, we brought that point up. Mm-hmm. And now it's been confirmed that, of course, they didn't see it. Yep. Yeah. But- <laughs> Everything about that her arc in that movie, which granted Wanda's history is a little, you know, uh, whatever. Is, I'm like, that's a little soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for pretty her much having a breakdown like that. So I was like, okay, that's the only thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, another beloved WWE wrestler has joined the MCU in Captain America 4. So apparently Seth Rollins is going to be in Captain America 4. That's it. I don't know who this person is. Don't care. Next up. Wait, what? Seth Rollins is going to be in Captain America 4. Oh, that's a wrestler, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the same thing I said. <laughs> oh, that's a wrestler, right? <laughs> so James Gunn confirms in our next story, James Gunn confirmed that the new Guardians of the Galaxy team introduced at the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was in fact chosen by him and not Marvel. Sure. All right. I'm not going to talk about who was in that team because you may not have watched this movie yet, even though it's been several weeks now. Well, luckily, I know we have one person in the chat who just who did just see it. So right. <laughs> not a big supporter for them. Uh, think Marvel to drop all episodes of Hawkeye spinoff Echo uh, all at once on Disney Plus in streaming strategy shift. Uh, this is actually not the only show that they're doing that with, but this is the only Marvel show that I know of that they're doing this with. So apparently Kevin Feige revealed that all of the episodes of Echo will drop on November 29th. Uh, according to this article, this is a new move for the company, which has previously aired episodes week to week, which is true. So you kind of kind of wonder why they're doing this. <laughs> I mean, like, they're it, worried I mean, about people not sticking with it. Yeah, that, that was, yeah. That's I think that's the of... I think that's the main reason they're worried about people not sticking with it, so they're gonna just drop it so that if you're gonna binge it, you binge it. Right. So I was going. I was basically saying in, in another way of like, do they have faith in it or do they not? But yeah, yours sounds a little more nicer. Right. It's yeah. it, because at the end of the day, the faith might be there, but in the whole, as opposed to you know the, the episode to episode, uh, right. stick with itness that might you know that might not be there. You know. Right. I saw some amusing chatter from 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 somebody who apparently had some receipts pulled out on them about um, uh, about um, a, a previous show, which was kind of amusing um, because basically it was like uh, you know people were watching She Hulk because they were waiting for Daredevil. I'm like, no, they weren't. That was just an added benefit. But then was all right with the hap- with the fact that this was happening, right. and somebody kind of pulled that back in their face. It was like, huh, uh huh. Anyway, next up, uh, Lucky Season 2 gets an official release date, and that release date is October 6th. Uh, and, uh, oh, this was also the same announcement that that, um, that uh, announced that um, Echo was dropping uh, on what date and all of, all of which. So, uh, those, Lucky Season 2 is going to be week to week. Uh, Echo is going to drop all at once. So, I guess by the time Echo comes, uh, uh, Lucky Season 2 will be finished, I guess. Next up. Oh, poor Chiwetel Ejiofor. After matching wits with Doctor Strange, <coughs> Chiwetel Ejiofor has found a new superhero to face off against. The sources tell Deadline, Ejiofor has closed the deal to co-star opposite Tom Hardy in Sony and Marvel's <sighs> Venom 3. Look, I, I can't say poor him because he chose it and he mm-hmm. and he's getting that check. I ain't mad him for that respect, but I get what you're saying because, yeah. yeah, why movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. of all movies yeah which actually kind of led me to believe like wait is he playing is is he playing mordo in this movie or does we're going an, another way uh it's hard to say it'd which be funny if it was mordo right that's what's like that'd be interesting but 
why? <laughs> It'd be funny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that, that's the thing, folks. Ming-Na Wen wants to return to Marvel as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Melinda May, and so would I. Yeah, please. Um, says here, Wen is now taught to part of Max's original uh, uh, animated series, Gremlin's Secret of the Mogwai, which I guess is coming out shortly or soon at some point. Uh, she was talking to comicbook.com about the show when she commented on whether she wanted to play Agent Melinda May again. And uh, she says, quote, uh, I really can't uh, tell what's going to happen, but I do know that having played her for seven years, 22 episodes every year, I miss being her. Uh, as an actor, we give birth to these characters and they get, become a part of us. They're in our DNA. And I do miss being her. So I hope one day that I get to bring Agent May back. And I think I've seen a couple of tweets of her um, hashtagging this also. So, yeah, I would also also love to see her back in the role. She was dope. It still is dope. But in that role also. Next up. All right. So American Born Chinese, the live action adaptation of the Gene Luen Yang graphic novel, is set to release on Disney Plus this week. Mm-hmm. May 24th, Wednesday. So all episodes are going to drop at once. So we'll see how uh, quickly uh, people can uh, binge that and get to the end. I have never actually finished reading the graphic novel i've picked it up put it back down never sat all the way through i may make myself read it now that the live action adaptation is set to premiere on disney plus and uh you know and see how it compares yeah i would definitely i had i have never touched the book but uh and i probably I, i would be kidding myself to say that i would even start at this point uh to read the the graphic novel but Hey, I will be checking out the, the book. I mean, the the the, uh, the show. Also, side note, shout out to uh, Michelle Yeoh, who I believe uh, today was being honored at Cannes, Cannes uh, Movie Festival. Mm-hmm. This, uh, we, I think there was some footage out there about it, but I didn't get to check it out yet. So, yeah. And I still need to watch. Uh, oh, I got In the Line of Duty movies coming at, at some point soon. So I can't wait to watch those because I just watched Supercop fairly recently with her in it. Um, and I still haven't watched everything everywhere at once, but I'm about to do that too because it's been one of those times. Uh, next up, though, wait, did I miss that or did I just? No, the re- you have the unfortunate Ray Stevenson's uh, news. Yeah, no, I think I put, I think I might have put that in the wrong, or I didn't put that in. Uh, yeah, sadly, Ray Stevens, uh, aka the Punisher and Punisher Warzone, RRR, and Volstag in the Thor films. Uh, has passed away at 58. Apparently, he's also going to be in the upcoming Ahsoka uh, series. Uh, says here he died um, on Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, uh, in Italy, and uh, he was 58 years old. No cause of death has been available. Jeez, man, that's way too young, man. Jeez. Yeah, really. Not too far from dead ourselves. So that's Yeah, really- seriously, that's the scary part. Oh, I forgot he was in G.I. Joe Retaliation, but I tried not to think about that movie. (laughs) Anyway, next up. Sorry. Next Uh, up, Disney Plus and Hulu are combining into one app this year. We'll see how that works. I don't know, right? I mean, I guess it makes sense for one respect, because while Disney Plus kind of has you know, some content. It's, it's a specific type of content. Right, right. Who's kind of 
right. most of the other stuff. Right. Apparently, uh, they will still operate as standalone options, but if you happen to have both, they will merge. Which that might be of interest if, if the price is right. Right. Um, so we'll see. We'll keep you posted, folks, posted on that. The first four Indiana Jones movies are coming to Disney Plus on May 31st because, uh, thanks to an agreement between Disney and Paramount that split distribution rights between the two the- uh, theaters, that was allowed to happen. So if you missed out on those four movies for some strange reason, and I very much doubt you didn't own at least a couple of them, <laughs> um, then yeah, they're all going to be there, which is cool because I was kind of wondering why they weren't there. Uh, but I didn't know Paramount had. Well, I guess I did know Paramount had something to do with it. Um, and I think as a, one of the only people with Paramount Plus, probably didn't matter that much. But at the same time, I would rather hear that there. Uh, June thirtieth, the the next movie's coming out, so we'll keep you posted if there's going to be a um a movie protocol for that. Also, next up. All right, for fans of the Archer animated series, season 14 will act as the show's last. So this show has been on for 10 years and 10 plus years. And it's a 14 uh, year. Right. And um, it will be under FX. And back in 2017, it actually moved to FXX. I'm like, okay. And uh, change. What's that? Not that big of a change. Right. So the uh, farewell season will start on August 30th with two brand new episodes on FXX. Hulu will then stream the two-part premiere the next day. Right. I liked Archer. It was kind of funny. I saw somebody was like, oh, man. I'm like, the show's been on for 14 years. Get over yourself. Yeah, right? (laughs) Jeez. Um... Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I probably should have taken this one out because I think there was a change in this. Um, Unleash is the first look at Epic Lower Decks crossover. So we had talked about the fact that Strange New Worlds and Upper Deck and... I think that was it. There was supposed to be another crossover uh, between the shows. So apparently there was a um, a picture of uh, two of the characters from Lower Decks, which having now seen a couple of episodes of the show... I'm kind of curious as how these characters are going to translate in live action because one of them was kind of manic and the other one was whatever. So I guess gonna, they're going to tone that down uh, to be on uh, Strange New Worlds. And I haven't seen any of Strange New World yet. So that's um, that's going to be interesting. But it's coming. I'm sure somebody will be talking about it. Next up. Futurama Season 11 starts on July 24th with half the episodes promised. So... Uh, it's going to return for its 11th season, 11th season on July 24th, 2023. And we're not going to get the original 20 episodes. They, we were all promised um, when the season was announced in February of 2022. But at the end of the day, uh, it seems that uh, the writer strike may have had a hand in uh, cutting the episode delivery in half. This is going to sound bad, but this is also another one of those shows that was like, are there writers on the show? And I like Futurama at first, so I'm not, you know, not knocking it too much. This is just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger offers an update on this long-awaited, by who I have no idea, Conan sequel. 
So during an interview, uh, recent interview with the uh, Hollywood Reporter, Schwarzenegger offered an update on. Does it even have a name? It's Conan sequel. Uh, that probably doesn't have a name. I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but yeah, this this has been a long gestating Conan the Barbarian movie. Um, it says it says like what ten years or so. Yeah, been pending for ten years apparently. So and then there's some rights stuff and some other stuff into this. So all right, sure, can't be no worse than Destroyer. Next up. All right, so apparently back uh, way back when Johnny Bravo in uh, a your all request cartoon show episode uh that was a spin-off from cartoon network's johnny bravo featured johnny bravo narrating over a sped up episode of dragon ball z and it was updated it was uh, uploaded to the internet archive this past week by a you by a couple of users and it was shared on uh, you know over the internet yeah sure that's a thing hey um I'm going to say if you want to see some good off-brand uh, Dragon Ball Z, go check out Dragon Ball uh, Abridged. That's some funny shit. Um, but I might check this out. Anime Corner! Anime! Perfect. Demon Slayer Season 3 reveals Genius' surprising goal, which, wait, this seems more... Uh, Oh, is right. a spoilery right. of this week's episode? Yes, it's spoilery for last week's. No, it's oh, like, okay. uh, yeah, like last week's episode. Uh, or, yes, between the last couple of episodes, because I, I, I watched like four back to back, so okay. it kind of blends together. But I think it's the last couple, definitely. So, yeah, there's a character named Jinya who apparently um, has a surprising goal. Um, I apologize. Not- I thought it was Genya, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I can't remember how they said it. Well, I, I was also. I was listening to the Japanese version, but I don't remember how they said it either, so it could very well be Ginya. Um, but I've been saying Ginya because it reminds me of Ginyu. <laughs> yeah, I think it is Ginya. Yeah. I think it is. So, I think that's what yeah. Tanjiro says. So anyway, go ahead. Right. So either way, we find out that um, we find out a couple of surprising well, I guess we find out a couple of things about that character, which I wasn't expecting to see that character ever again. So I was like, all right, sure, we're gonna we're gonna do something with this character. To go. I have not seen last week's, uh, or excuse me, yesterday's, or day before yesterday's um, uh, show. So I'm looking forward to checking that out uh, probably today or tomorrow. Next up. All righty. Bleach will burn the witch announce a new anime. Okay. So um, Bleach series creator Tite Kubo has announced that he will be sharing some major updates about both Bleach and Burn the Witch. So it's possible we'll see Burn the Witch announce a new anime project. Okay. Yeah, Burn the Witch is pretty much in the world of Bleach, but okay. I don't think the manga. I'm still... That that Shonen Jump app is probably going to happen, Agent 70. <laughs> All right. I, I, feel a burning, I feel a burning need to, to, to read some of that stuff, and I don't know why, and we read too much as it is. Uh, Delicious in Jun- Dungeon animates you drop the first trailer soon. So, um, yeah, apparently uh, the official trailer, trailer has dropped, uh, will drop on the 25th. Um, and this is a studio trigger joint, uh, which is the same studio behind Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Kill a Kill, Gridman Universe, and other stuff. Um, and uh, I'm not entirely sure what this is about, but from, um, oh, wait. 
Dungeons and Adventures and food manga. So, <laughs> uh, not quite solo leveling and not quite um, um, uh, food wars, I guess. Mm-hmm. But mix of the two, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. Next up, we hit over. No, we're not. We're still in the anime corner. All right. So, uh, news is that Takara Tomi confirms a Beyblade XTV anime for this fall. Um, toys for the franchise will debut on July 15th. Um, so apparently Takara Tomi describes the project as the fourth generation after the original 1999 Beyblade. Four generations since 1999 Beyblade! Boy, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, no, that, that shit's continued. It doesn't stop. <laughs> just like the tops it's uh based on that's funny yeah so yeah that will premiere on tv tokyo this fall Beyblade. i guess i don't know i've not watched a whole lot of that you got me yeah i've seen a couple episodes but i was like yeah it's it is that kind of whatever uh netflix live action adaptation of yu yu hack show coming to netflix december uh, 2023. Agent 70, have you watched any uh, you, more Yu Yu Hakusho? No. <laughs> That's fine because you, it's, you know, as live action versions go, well, actually, it's not fine because it's a good show, but I mean, you get to it at your own pace, whatever, mm. if you feel like it. Uh, but live action versions, as we, as we know, don't tend to uh, be all that well, but this one might be one I might check out. I don't know. I don't expect it to be any good, but I might check it out because I like uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. I might actually finish rewatching it. Um, last but not least, I think in the no, we still got two. I'm going to take these two together because they're going to kind of speed this along a little bit. Jujutsu Kaisen season two drops its best look yet at Toji, and we also get uh, the release dates for Jujutsu Kaisen season two, which is. Uh, I know this summer, but I saw there was an actual date. Um, June 6th, uh, 2023 will be when will uh, is when season two will drop. Can't wait. Next up. All right. So we're going into the manga corner. Mm hmm. All right. So Trigun is turning a 2019 sci-fi novel into a viral hit. So apparently a fan account for uh, Trigun recommended this is how you lose the time war to fans online. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, seemed like it. Oh, dear. What happened? No, I'm looking at the name that we have the that that pretty much brought this up, and I'm not going to read it on. <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, sure, they're doing a lot of things with a lot of things. I still haven't finished that Trigun. Um, I uh, I've only watched like the first episode. They changed so much from the OG. I'm like, oh, they really did, but in a good way though, because like you know having having sat through it in the beginning originally and having to wait for that stuff to the very end i'm like you know what good on them for it i guess kind of threw for a second also but it was like yeah, i guess sure. i miss i miss the i i what it is is that i miss the kind of gender swapped you know they kind of gender swapped one of the relationships where i miss like the uh the the, the two insurance employees you know what i mean like they changed the roles and i'm like oh it was fun oh, 
You know, it was yeah. like the the original one is fun that way. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a crazy, but still, you know, logical at least, right? Uh, uh, setup for these two characters. And I miss Millie. God damn it! I don't. Well, I mean, maybe she's showing up, but I doubt it. Um, speaking of Trigun, uh, the Trigun manga will have a, U, a new U.S. printing for the first time in over a decade. And I, I love how they, even though the the, the last two, this article and the last one come from two different places, <laughs> they still kind of uh, count back to, to the person. Uh, but yeah, Dark Horse Comics announced on uh, announced that the company will republish uh, Yashiro uh, Yasushiro's uh, Naito's uh, acclaimed sci-fi western manga in a hardcover deluxe edition for fifty bucks. Uh, apparently now thirty-eight eighty according to this article this December. Um, also Trigun Maximum, which is a continuation, which has been out of print in the U S for several years, will also receive a deluxe edition, uh, uh, in April of next year. And it goes over the particulars of the books, but I will not do so. So if you're going to, you're going to pick them up regardless of whether you want, you know, if you're a fan, fan next up. All right. One punch man has kicked off a new arc, of, uh, in the manga with its latest chapters, which develops uh, and sets up Genos or Genos for a new hero association crisis. Okay. Sure. When do we get into anime? That's all I <laughs> All right. Comic book news. Ah, I love that stinger. Um, Wonder Woman's daughter Trinity will be introduced in Wonder Woman 800. Not to be confused with the trinity of uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Right. I mean, you know, Neo's not far behind. Oh, no. <laughs> that also. So IGN exclusively revealed that uh, the story sets up uh, Wonder Woman number one, which will pick up in the present day. Oh, and Tom King confirms via Twitter that her non-superhero, her non-superhero name uh, is twin is Liz? I was about to call her Twin Lizzie. Is Lizzie? So her name is Lizzie. Her superhero name is Trinity. Uh, and this is the the Tom King joint. Um, so yeah, there you go. It's, um, particulars are ended there, but uh, I'm going to stop right there. Next up, DC has revealed art and details on Michael Dorn Steelworks number one. So. Uh, Michael Dorn, uh, who you know as uh, Worf on uh, various Star Trek properties, is now writing, has written actually, a six-issue comic book miniseries uh, published by DC, and it's drawn by Sammy Basri, and uh, here's a preview that uh, you guys can take a look at, and it does involve John Henry Irons. Yeah. Not to be confused with Forceworks, which is a Marvel property also. Oh, goodness. That's something to revisit. I almost did, but anyway. I'm looking forward to this, because one, I did not know um, uh, Michael Dorn wrote. So, two, it's kind of funny being that there's a Worf spinoff of Star Trek right now that he's not writing. It's kind of funny to me. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, DC fans. Probably, what I was going to add is he's probably too close to the character. That would make him the best way to write it. <laughs> but 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 also, and I also say that because I know that he they have been he and been trying to get a show with Worf as mm. as a uh, captain out of the ground, and that has never happened. So 
you know, I, I, I'm sure he'd much rather revisit that character there than in, in a comic. But maybe it still happened. We don't we don't know. Um, Batman Brave and Bold number one came out this week, apparently, which is a new, well, last week, excuse me, uh, which is a new anthology comic series about the Dark Knight detective and some of his allies, which, you know, it's, it's almost like the micro team up to, uh, to, to for the DC folks, if you did not know. Um, apparently, excuse me, uh, one of the stories is... Tom King and Mitch Gerard's uh, story that reunites, uh, that that tell a new Batman story that focuses on the Joker. Uh, and apparently the first part of the story is out already. And I guess it's going to uh, uh, continue on. So, And then there's some other stories that are, that are also in this book that I won't go into. But hey, if any of that sounds appealing, check it out. Next up. All right, next up, Archie Comics is ready to introduce its first trans character. So it's going to be in uh, Strange Science Number 1 as part of their Archie Horror line. And it's basically uh, rethinking an existing character and creating um, creating that character and reintroducing as a trans woman and uh that's interesting news because you know at the end of the day it's a good representation mm-hmm. you know of diverse identities absolutely so cool at first i was like yeah it's another redhead and actually i'm still it's another redhead always with the redheads in, in the archie universe <laughs> <laughs> Um, some sad news and some news that pisses me the, the hell off even still then, even though I know things are probably right. not going to be continually what they seem. Right, and Roddy Cat and I actually had a conversation by our back channel chat about what we think is the purpose behind this, and we'll get into it shortly. In fact, I'm going to take both of these things, and we can we can talk about that after that, because sure. they're kind of related. Yeah, yeah, they are related. Um... Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan is going to die in Amazing Spider-Man 26, which is, I believe is the next issue. Right. Um, and actually, actually, I only needed one of these because apparently this one article says uh, says as much for the next stuff. So yeah, she's going to die in um, Amazing Spider-Man 26, and there's going to be a... Right, two uh, episodes from now. So that's actually going to be um, Movie Protocol Weekend. So that, yeah, it'll be a little... We'll have a little bit of time to digest it. That's correct. Still be mad at it, too. But uh, going off of that uh, Entertainment Weekly article that I just uh, referenced about the the thing, there's going to be a one-shot written by co-creator G. Willow Wilson called uh, Fallen Friend, The Death of Miss Marvel, which is not the first time they've had a death of Marvel Marvel in Marvel Universe. (laughs) Going back to uh, Captain Marvel, The Death of Captain Marvel, uh, graphic novel. Right. But, uh, yeah, so we were talking about this and, you know, the, the fact that they got Gia Willow Wilson or asked her to do this, I, I feel like kind of bodes well, because one, I was like, why are they killing her when the Marvels one is about to come out? Um, which they've made some strange choices lately in those respects anyway, but I feel like because they got her to wrote, write this that bodes well that they're not going to keep her dead for too terribly long. We have nothing to go on with that, but you know, I feel like they wouldn't like, 
if I was a crow creator, I'd be like, how the hell are you killing my character off? If you uh, are you planning on bringing her back? Yes. All right, fine. I'll go ahead and do that. I don't know. G Willow wasn't thinking of this, so you know, I, I, I'm going off of my own <laughs> thoughts and feels. So I don't know. But yeah, it's a thing. Um, in July, this thing, this this one shot is going to happen. Um, like I said, the, the Marvels is coming out in November. Which will uh, Kamala come back before then? Who's to say? Actually, apparently, G. Willow Wilson, Saladin Ahmed, and Mark Wade, right, who have written uh, Kamala, are are uh, writing in this one shot. Right, and that's you know that's what's so wild, and obviously, what led to both Radhika and myself figuring that this was obviously not a permanent move, but rather, and this is our theory, which may very well be borne out in future pages of Marvel <clears throat> Comics, that this is just going to lead to the MCUification of Kamala Khan's powers. Right? Making them more energy-based as opposed to embiggening. And this was just a way of getting to that point. Right. And or as Agent 70 uh, kind of alluded to, possibly getting rid of her uh, inhuman yes. uh, origins. Right, 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 right. At least at the very least, getting rid of the inhuman basis for her powers. They may right. still, you know, uh, they may still keep that in the comic book Kamala's continuity, but they won't have, you know, the basis for her powers being terrogenesis. Right. Exactly. 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 So that 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 we think is the impetus for and the reason for this move in the comics, as shocking as it is, and obviously you throw in the death of a young character, you know, that's bound to be at least mildly controversial, if not more controversial than Marvel really wants. But they have an end goal in mind. Well, see, I. That was the part that I didn't tell uh, that I didn't mention to you when we talked about this in the back channel. Remember, because we talked about the fact that Zeb Wells had said, "Oh, yeah, he's going to get some hate because of something that's going to happen in 26. Mm, this is it. I see. And I think this is probably why they spoiled it earlier, because to try to kind of defuse it a little. Yeah, yeah. So because otherwise it was like, okay, there was no reason for them to kind of to put this out there early unless they were trying to tr- trying to diffuse it a little bit more right but uh, also at the same time they also announced that literally the, the 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 writers who shepherded this character you know into prominence are going to be coming back to her so that's what that that i guess is to 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 help you know well obviously it fuels speculation you know on our end but it's interesting that they would you know uh, get these you know prominent writers you know, who shepherded, you know, as I said, shepherded this character into prominence and kept the character at the forefront of Marvel storytelling, really, you know, and that, you know, speaking specifically to Mark Wade by, you know, you know, that was his Avengers run that we were just referencing, a uh, Champions run that we were referencing, Champions. actually. Mm-hmm. Actually, wait, didn't he write that Avengers also when, when? I think so. That's why I, th- I thought it was the Avengers, Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. No, that's what the article says. Who not only brought Miss Marvel onto the Avengers, but also wrote her central role in Champions. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Also, you could take it another way, and I'm trying not to think about it that way. It's like you know, getting all these people who, as as you said, said shepherded her in. They could be writing her off for good. I doubt that. Not but not I, that, exactly. Not not given the character's prominence, as we said, in an upcoming movie. Popularity. 
Right. Yeah, and, and as you said, it's all right stuff over you. Uh, her, her prominence in a couple of upcoming movies, but she's a popular character. That that'd be really fucked up. But they're just like, nope, that's it. Right. No more. Right. That doesn't make any sense business wise. So. No, it does not. Next up. All righty. Uh, a new era of Daredevil starting in. Looking for the published date. September thirteenth. It's written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Aaron Cooter. The cover for the new number one, the main cover, is going to be by John Romita Jr. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, direction Saladin Ahmed takes Daredevil once uh, the current Zdarsky run ends. I was going to joke, um, but I don't think Zdarsky wrote Spider-Man previously to Daredevil. He wrote, uh, so, so the joke wouldn't fly. Because I was about to say, it was like, wait, so so basically you have to write Spider-Man first and then you get Daredevil? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not the case. So, I don't know, might be good. I, I don't know, I'm not really a big Daredevil fan. Um, you know what, sir? You do the honors of taking this one since you, also, you, since you found this article also. <sighs> so, there were multiple outlets reporting this because Marvel itself put out a statement right so i just picked uh a one outlet that had a story on this so guess what <laughs> folks rom space knight's origins in the marvel universe are finally being reprinted in a new omnibus marvel comics announced today the date of this recording that it has collaborated with hasbro to release rom the original year's omnibus reprinting all 75 issues of the original rom comic set in the marvel universe and uh, it's also, uh, it's actually going on sale January 2024. Uh, so there's going to be a volume one that collects one through 29 and Power Man and Iron Fist number 73. And then I guess there's going to be a uh, volume two that uh, collects the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, guys and gals, all you folks out there who have listened to me. Uh, wax poetically about Rom Space Knight will be able to get uh, these reprints. Honestly, my run is not complete, and I'm wondering if I don't have very many issues left. To be honest, you know, and I've gotten out of the col- the, the 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 comic book collecting game for a little while, but I'm wondering if maybe this is what I need to just I just need to finish up my Rom run just to say I have it. Maybe you know, maybe. or just get the omnibus and be like, hey, I've got it on my bookshelf. I don't I mean, know. We'll see. My cousin had the figure from Space Knight. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he still has it, but you know, I, that's one of the defining things I remember. At least I think I remember he had it. Yeah, he did. Um, so this could pave the way. I mean, granted, the Hasbro owns um, uh, Rom Space Knight. IDW has had the 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 the, the license, comic license. Yeah, but they've been going through things, and uh, as folks may or may not recall, Hasbro tried to get a shared universe thing going on um, uh, a few years ago uh, with Around Space Night, G.I. Joe, Mask, and and a couple other folks. Didn't really plan out all that well. I read it. It was some interesting stuff, but yeah, it wasn't going to shake out, and it didn't shake out. So... That being said, maybe this paves the way for... um, Marvel to get the license back 
from IDW because, like I said, IDW is also kind of going through their own things, right? As much as I say it, right? As much as we don't like to see IDW going through those problems, it'd be nice to see Rom back in the Marvel universe, right? Because uh, they they have already lost a couple of uh, big licenses for them and uh, the Hasbro licenses specifically, right? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, next up though. Uh, Marvel Comics uh, and creators nominated for 2023 Eisner Awards. Uh, there's a list here I won't go uh, through, but I will just say um, Hickman and uh, Marco Cicero for Amazing Fantasy 1000 kind of got a nod. Uh, Christopher Cantwell and Alex Lenz for Moon Knight, Black, White, and uh, Red. Uh, Jed McKay and uh, C.F. Villa for Mary Jane and Black Cat Beyond. For best uh, single issue, and it kind of goes on from there. So, cool stuff. But you can check out uh, some stuff we actually have been reading too. So, um, yeah, that's it. Check that out at your leisure, or if you saw me scrolling through the article just now. Next up, right. So now you can you know give your your data to uh, online AI and create Thank your you. own spider sona. Uh, as part of the lead up to Spider Verse Two across the Spider Verse, so um, yeah, if you want to, you know, put your picture online to so, and give it to Sony Pictures, and you know, give them your email, and you know, you want to join the Spider Society, feel free. Yeah, and they do, and they will. I haven't seen too many out there lately, because I know that people have been doing that Barbie and stuff and whatnot. So I'm so kind of surprised I haven't seen right. uh, a whole lot of this. But yeah, you you hit a red on the nail because that's the first thing I thought. I was like, uh, I'm not giving shit to no AI and nor uh, them just in general. <laughs> like, no, you want me to sign up and give you my pictures? No, thank you. Last but not least, Power Rangers year long darkest hour event will change the team forever, ever, ever, ever. Um. So yeah, darkest hour, not to be confused with the DC event, which I don't think I ever read. Um, is going to be from Boom Studios, of course, because they have the, 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 the Power Rangers license. Uh, they've been coming out of a couple of other arcs where um, Rita's been uh, forming alliances with some some other folks, including Alpha One. Wait, what? Um, okay, yeah, I need to catch up with this stuff. Either way, uh, it's leading up to an event that's going to be, uh, that's, I guess, a year long in the making, and it's coming up in um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 111 which uh, hits stores this coming August. Uh, you can see the cover right there. Um, and uh, you can see the other covers right there. And sounds like Rita finally wins, according to this article. But if you've seen that um, that Power Rangers special that just happened on Netflix, she kind of did in a way. Anyway, next up. I mean, well, that's it. That's folks. it. That's it. Um, can we get one last ad read real quick? Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today.
Roddy Cat is muted. There is a good chance you will hear and or see this this particular episode by the time we record our next episode in a couple of days. So More likely be... than not. Yes. Um, so, you, yes, there's going to be an interesting bit of time traveling going on. So that being said, um, I have been Roddy Cat. The, uh, you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. I'm at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore seven on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore dirt on pop and pop culture network. PC underscore dirt, dirt. God gracious. Uh, it is late, folks. PC in underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop culture network on Twitter. Pop culture network. Do the comments on brother sites there. In. I was just going to cut this part out realistically, folks. But uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the uh, Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. Uh, the clicknation.com uh, and of course comicbook.com where he is over there at Tim Timothy Adams writing his face off. Go check our man's out. He's 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 doing some stuff over there. Uh probably got something on Fast and Furious, but I hadn't checked. Mm-hmm. Um you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network that's ESPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Like, subscribe, leave us all the positive five star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Might be able to make this recording. All right. Um, uh, you can also find this recording every Thursday night, nine thirty ish PM, most most times anyway, on uh, the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's uh, youtube.com slash the click nation and twitch.tv slash comic chronicles like subscribe and hit the notification button so you know when we are on recording uh benji games appreciate it thank you and with that this has been the comic chronicles peace peace one <laughs>